Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Game night, the Edmonton Oilers at Rogers Place against the LA Kings. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. It'll be Miko Koskinen in goal tonight for Edmonton. He comes in with a record of 6-2-1, and one, uh, 2.29 goals against average and a .923 save percentage. Defensively, Clefbaum with Larson, Darnell Nurse with Chris Russell, Kevin Gravel, former LA King, with Matt Benny. Up front, Connor McDavid, five goals, 12 points, 13 career games against LA, with Alex Chase on, on uh, the wing, along with Leon Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl, minus nine in 16 career games against LA. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will center Drake Kajula and Yessa Pugliarvi. Uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl and RNH all playing north at 20 minutes per game. Kyle Brodziak with Milan Lucic and Zach Cassian. Lucic just two goals in his last 70 games. Don't think anybody saw that coming. Not to that degree. There was lots of criticism on the term length of the deal when Lucic signed, but I don't think anybody thought the offense would go that quickly. We've got to find a way if he can get it back. Ryan Spooner between Jujar Kara and uh, Patrick Russell. Jajar Kara has now not scored in 37 games. This guy got double digits last season. Oilers lacking a little offensive mojo. That's why they've dropped to 27th in the league in goals for. Oscar Clefbaum with Adam Larson. Darnell Nurse with Chris Russell. And Gravel with Benning, as we mentioned. Uh... Let me know, Brendan, when our package has arrived. Uh, Anjay Kopitar up front with Alex Ayafalo and Dustin Brown. Jeff Carter with Kyle Clifford and Tyler Toffoli. Ilya Kovalchuk will get moved up, playing a line with Adrian Kempe and Matt Luff. And then it'll be Thompson with Austin Wagner and Sheldon Rempel. On defense, Derek Forbort with Drew Doughty. Uh, Jake Muzzin with Alec Martinez. Dion Phaneuf with Paul Ledoux. Jonathan Quick starts in goal. He's had four appearances this year. He's gone 0-3-1 with a 4.55 goals against average and an 8.45 save percentage. The Kings, 31st in the league goals for it, 2.17. 
They are 28th in the league on the power play at 14.7, 28th in the league on PK at 74.7, 30th in the league in shots for at 28. The Oilers, as we mentioned, 27th in the league, goals for. Uh, Edmonton 13th in the league on power play at 21.1%. They're 27th in PK at 75.6. The Oilers, in terms of uh, limited shots, uh, have now 7th in the NHL, 29.8. Kings, by the way, have 15 players uh, committed next year for $73 million and six of their seven largest contracts are for players 30-plus. All right, to tell us the L.A. story. From the L.A. Insider, L.A. Kings Insider, it is John Rosen. John, it's Bob. How you doing? Excellent. Great to chat with you. Great to see you this morning, too, Bob. Yeah, well, let's not go too far. Uh, but uh, <laughs> with all seriousness here, you know, when, when I think of the L.A. Kings insider, uh, initially, of course, it was like Rich Hammond. Did you ever see the movie or read the book, The Princess Bride? I, I mean, it's probably the first favorite movie that I've ever had. Yeah. Okay, so you know the, the, the story about how they passed on the, the dread Ro- uh, pirate Roberts moniker? Yep. And I'm thinking that you yeah, kind of, you guys yeah. kind of got the same thing going with the L.A. Kings Insider, don't you? Yeah, you know, I, we always made I made a Simpsons reference because that's usually what I gravitate towards. There's this one uh, Homer becomes Krusty the Clown and dresses up as Krusty the Clown, and one of the you know fat Tony henchmen says, "I'm seeing double here for Krusties," which is always uh, kind of riches in my inside joke. Always four insiders when we're together. All righty. This is a different... So what's going on? Well, I, you know what? The Kings have won two in a row. Um, let's talk first of all. I mean, we it was a weekend game, and L.A. had played the night before, and I think we should educate our listeners here. The Kings played Vancouver the night before, lost at home 4-2 to the Canucks, who had dropped eight straight games at that point. And my understanding is... Um, the peel was paint, uh, or the peel, uh, the paint was peeled in the dressing room for the Kings after the game. They had a, a pretty honest heart-to-heart conversation after that loss against Vancouver on Saturday night. Is that true? Uh, that I haven't heard. Um, oh, okay. But this is a situation. Yep, that I that's news to me. But um, you know, this is a Kings team that uh, did not have a very good outing against Vancouver and followed that up with one of their better outings of the season. Uh, I thought they really established themselves. Uh, in the first 10 minutes against Edmonton, yep. uh, played that kind of vintage L.A. Kings, uh, you know, heavy, hard uh, top players going, you know, the, the Andre Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty show, uh, and their top players were their best players against Edmonton. And, it, you know, you do yourselves favors when you can, um, you know, you're never really going to contain Connor McDavid, but when you can kind of limit his look, he still had a couple end-to-end rushes, thought they did a good job with the top line, so they did just enough to win, and, um, you know, that's right now where the Kings are at. They're not scoring a ton. They're getting good goaltending. Jonathan Quick will be back tonight. Um, but uh, against an Edmonton team, again, you know, at Rogers Place, where uh, L.A. has not had very much success uh, since the building opened, um, it's, again, containing Edmonton's top players, and, and we'll see how that goes here tonight. Well, one of the things they've done is they've double-bracketed McDavid with the combination of Kopitar and Doughty. They'll find, and we'll throw out the game where the Kings shut Edmonton out 5 nothing. Uh, I think that was in late December last year. They got three power play goals in that game. Maroon got tossed out for the hit on Doughty. Uh, but the other three games between the two teams, John, uh, Doughty played 13 even-strength minutes in all three of those games against McDavid. So five on five, 13 minutes. And Kopitar, two of the three was at 13 minutes, and the other one was at 11. So obviously the Kings were doing everything possible to get that combination. It, it just wasn't Doughty. It was Kopitar and Doughty going head-to-head against Connor McDavid. Yeah, which they won't have, you know, necessarily here in the game here tonight, uh, you know, in Edmonton. Um, but, you know, we, we we heard from Drew today 
and he says he's the uh, and this is something I mean this is not news for anybody but he said he's the the hardest one-on-one player that he's ever had to defend in his life compared to the Sidney Crosby where you know Crosby not we're not obviously not taking anything away from Sid but um, you know obviously Crosby has right now at this point the championships and you know that was basically the only reason that Dowdy had given why you know why Connor at this point right now is not seen as you know the best one-on-one player in the entire world and probably most people do see it that way right now at this point as well so um, you know, if it ends up going up against uh, maybe the Muzzin-Martinez pairing, Jake Muzzin has probably been L.A.'s steadiest defenseman this year. Uh, wasn't at his best uh, back on Tuesday in Vancouver, uh, a game that the Kings still won. Um, but, you know, he, he's played against Connor before, uh, and we'll see if that is and ends up as that matchup that, uh, that Ken Hitchcock is looking for. Just as an aside, uh, Cal Peterson, I mean, he gave the Kings pretty good goaltending, didn't he? Yeah, you know, goaltending has not been the issue for the Kings. They've been, you know, team save percentage-wise, they've been in the middle of the pack. Um, and, and that's, you know, overall numbers, not just five on five. And, that, you know, that's been weighed down a little bit because the Kings' uh, penalty killing has taken a pretty significant step back this season. Um, but, no, goaltending's been fine. Jonathan Quick is still looking for his first win. But when Jack Campbell was in there, he did the job. He had a 920, a better than 920 save percentage. And Cal Peterson's been fantastic. He's not going to go tonight, but so far, 927 save percentage, both uh, Peterson and Jack Campbell have shut out this year. So, um, you know, the, the goaltending has not been an issue for the Kings this year. That's been totally fine. Uh, scoring has been an issue. Special teams has been an issue. Uh, we use the dreaded term emotional involvement multiple times through the first month of the season when things weren't going right at all. Yep. Um, but they, they've been getting guys that get a chance to win in the crease every night. Uh, we're joined by John Rosen from the LA Kings Insider. He works on the Kings television broadcast as well. John, uh, Willie Desjardins, have you noticed a structural difference? I mean, there's been a difference for Ilya Kovalchuk over the last couple games, but in terms of how the team is playing from a structure and process perspective, is it different than what John Stevens was deploying? Yeah, a little bit. You see them get after it a little bit more in practice. It's not just going to be your typical rush and flow drills, line rushes that start out practice. You know, they'll really start out working on some power play stuff. It's a little bit more up-tempo in practice. You know, and those who saw his, you know, his style of play when he was back with the Medicine Hat Tigers, like getting asked about Willie Desjardins, I don't always reference his Canucks tenure because you look at those Vancouver teams, they didn't quite have the horses back then. Um, But he won championships at both the WHL and AHL level, and a lot of those teams did a really good job of not just being go, 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 up-tempo, fast-paced, get the hands, the puck into the hands of the forwards. They also did a good job of kind of changing uh, the angle of attack uh, from east to west, moving that puck up, uh, you know, uh, across the ice in the neutral zone a little bit, which we've seen as well. But um, wants them to play faster. Uh, some, so far, some of the forwards uh, have responded well to this. Uh, Jeff Carter, a little bit snake-bitten. He's still not quite the same player he was before, uh, you know, the ankle. Uh, you know, he got a tendon flash last year. caused him to miss 55 games. Um, but he's been good. His game has been picking up a little bit. And Willie Desjardins liked that line, actually. The Carter, uh, along with Kyle Clifford uh, and uh, Tyler Toffoli line, they've been playing in the offensive zone and creating some rush chances. So, um, you know, the Kings still need to create more. They haven't been able to do that. Right now we'll see uh, Ilya Kovalchuk on the third line here tonight. He was back on the number one power play unit. Kings still looking for their first power play goal on the road this season, uh, and he'll be on that top unit. But um, they're not generating enough on the attack. That's been a challenge. So, you know, given the way that uh, the last Oilers game transpired, obviously, you know, the M.O. of Ken Hitchcock teams and the way that L.A. Kings teams play, you know, this might be a a two-to-one type game. I I think that would probably be where I'd, I'd lay my money on tonight, and I am a gambling man. All right. Well, uh, you know, with Willie, I mean, I remember Willie playing for Dave King at the University of Saskatchewan. 
John Sexsmith and myself did Alberta's games when Willie was coaching at the University of Calgary. Uh, his teams, and he had talented teams at Calgary that never won, but when he went to Medicine Hat, he really grew as a coach. Like, you could see it. And wasn't afraid to play smaller, skilled guys. That's, and Medicine Hat had that type of lineup. And what's interesting is the Kings have tried to transition a little bit more speed in, but the general perception, do you think it's fair? They're still a heavy, big team, and they're starting to age a little? Yeah, I mean, aging, absolutely. This is a team getting a little bit longer in the tooth. Uh, in terms of the speed, when they were playing and playing well under Daryl Sutter, which was you know the vast majority of the Daryl Sutter tenure in Los Angeles, this was a team that they were a bigger, heavier team that was going to beat teams through their possessions or being tough, being hard. Um, but, you know, during their cup runs, they also showed that they were able to move the puck up ice quickly. I don't think that was at all their kind of their M.O. of that team. Um, but they, they did have that ability. And in the first year of John Stevens, especially, you know, through the first 30 games or so, they showed that ability to get up, uh, up and down the ice quickly. But I don't think it is a coincidence that when you look at a couple of the teams that are struggling, uh, granted Anaheim has uh, had some, uh, some more injuries than most, and they've begun to turn it on a little bit again as of late. But you look at L.A., you look at St. Louis, and you look at the Ducks, and those are three of the, you know, quote-unquote heaviest teams from the Western Conference. Uh, during a real heavy era of Western Conference hockey. So uh, I think there is a little bit of a correlation there. Um, but something that we discussed, you know, especially through the first six weeks or so of the season, there just wasn't much of an identity. And again, it came back to, you know, not playing to their strengths. And this was a team that was not getting top performances from top players, um, bad body language. Of course, that's going to naturally happen when you're the 31st team in the league. Um, but I think they're still still trying to craft that identity a little bit. Uh, they have made some strides. I think you saw the last two wins against Edmonton, against Vancouver, uh, more identity-type wins where they did play that strong defensive hockey, but again, had to be bailed out by a very strong goaltending performances in both of those games. Well, you mentioned Anaheim. I mean, it's all, with with all due respect to their other players, you know, John, John Gibson has the highest save percentage of any starting yeah. goaltender in NHL history. It starts, yeah. it ends, it's, I mean, he got them points in games. You're talking about a team... Like, the Kings have always been a strong possession team. You look at the Ducks, and they're between 38 to 41% if you're looking at Corsi or Fenwick yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. they're getting drilled, yeah. and their goaltenders bailing yeah. them out. Um, I got to ask you about, I had a conversation with somebody from Hockey Canada yesterday. What's the plan? Uh, we, we, in fact, right now, Ontario's up 3-1 over Bakersfield. But what do you envision being the plan with Gabriel uh, Velarde, the 11th overall pick of the 2017 draft? He won a Memorial Cup with Windsor uh, with Rocky Thompson. I'm glad that I finally get this this question. Thank you, Bob. Uh, you know, uh, this is actually still something that is uh, a little work in progress, so I can't give like the, the full exact time, kind of timeline for what the LA Kings are dealing with here. But first and foremost, they just want to make sure that Velarde is going to be healthy come, coming out of these three to five uh, um, uh, games uh, in his uh, rehabilitation assignment that started today with, with, the, with the Rain Condors game. After that, they're going to make that decision. My indication is that he would be made available. But again, that's not something that as of right now is set in stone. That's kind of the next step that they'll take it, uh, you know, using, again, a cliche game by game. That's really what the Kings are looking at. But, um, you know, there, there is not a coincidence there that, you know, th this assignment, not to say that they held him out beforehand, but it would be a pretty seamless kind of transition going from this uh, this 
uh, assignment right now into uh, you know the potential hockey Canada camp. Well, I mean, there's three guys taken in the top 15 of the draft a couple of years ago. Cody Glass is, I mean, he's got to be a. He, I thought he should have made the team. Hey, they won, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but I thought yep. he's, you know, he's going to be a stone cold mortal lock. The the Florida pick that's uh, currently playing with Miss uh, Owen Tippett with Mississauga, playing with Ryan McLeod yep. of the Oilers organization, the Velarde. Those guys all went top eleven in the draft. I think they're going to be on the team for sure if they go. So uh, there you have it. Uh, yep. Final final question for you. So Desjardins in for the interim term. Where do you think the headspace is with management long term? With what uh, this be- is just again. They're still in that evaluation process right now. I think Marco Sturm is somebody that's going to get very strong consideration as well. Um, it, it's still a little bit too early to, to gauge, you know, the kind of multifaceted, uh, you know, evaluation process of, of of what they're looking for, the type of hockey that they want to play, which is going to be a little bit faster, a little bit surely skilled-based. The Kings are a team that needs that skill. Um, and so it's still a little bit early to say right now. Um, you know, it is essentially a extended job interview process for both Willie Desjardins and Marco Sturm uh, right now. Um, so it's still that's not a decision that's going to be made uh, until after the season ends. Um, but there will be some other uh, other players, other figures, uh, I should say, that, that will draw some attention. Somebody that I've always thought, and I've uh, you know, the guy I knew a little bit back in the Western Hockey League, you know, a player, a former King, who did a very good job playing a similar style of hockey to Willie Desjardins, where his players on a Tri-City American team really got up and down the ice really fast, is Jim Hiller, who has some terrific personnel to work with, but has also done a tremendous job as Mike Babcock's uh, right-hand man, hmm. a power play coach uh, with both Detroit and now Toronto. So he's a former King. Um, I do not have any information as to whether... Uh, Toronto would you know, allow him to speak with other teams, or what even his contract is like right now. But somebody that does have ties to the former to this Kings administration has played with them, and I think is is somebody that will be in line for a head coaching gig within the next year or two. Yeah, uh, well, Bob Torrey would certainly uh, concur with your thoughts <laughs> on Jim uh, Jim Heller. And one thing about Mike Babcock, he's moved a lot of assistants in and out over the years. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. Including Todd McClellan. I know Nick Kiprios reported last week. Uh, that Todd might be in the mix in L.A., and you, and you put out via Twitter that you did not yep. that believe that to be the case. Now, do you not believe that to be the, the, that at the at this time? And conversely, is that something that could be reevaluated, or do you think that McClellan would never be an option for that position? No, I don't. I that was shot down by two people very quickly, so I don't okay. assume. I assume that that wouldn't be something in the in the future. All right, great stuff. Hey, we'll see you back here at the rink tonight. Okay. Always, always my pleasure. Thank you so much, Bob. Great talking to you. Yeah, that's John Rosen uh, from the L.A. Kings Insider. Works on their uh, uh, television broadcast on the Kings Television Network as well. It's 151 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. Please support 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous and make sure every kid has a Christmas. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, you can text us on our Heartland Ford text line. Mike Sr. from Vancouver Island, Duncan, has texted us to say, uh, my son lives up in Fort Mac. Uh, he does not like Paul Yarvey or Yamamoto. I like them both, so there's the family view. My question is, if Paul Yarvey works out with Nuge, would Yamamoto be able to play on that line for a consistent second line like the identity lines, a consistent third line? Great question, Mike, and that is a possibility. 
I mean, I could see that happening at some stage, but Pugliarvi's got to get some traction going too. To the State Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel. Receive free parking at the Valley Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation needs. Bring it, Brendan Escott. All right, Bob. And this day in 2005, the Oilers fall 3-2 to the Colorado Avalanche at Rexall Place in La Perriere. Scored twice for the Avs. Mike Pekka and Marc-Andre Bergeron tallied for the Oil. Mike Morrison was in goal for the Oilers, allowing three goals on 17 shots. Yeah, the Oilers in 05-06 uh, struggled with goaltending until they picked up Dwayne Rolison. Uh, Bergeron had a big year, scored a ton of five-on-three goals. That's when officials awarded five-on-threes, gave teams penalties when they were already shorthanded. All right, we're back tonight with a face-off show at 5.30, puck drop at 7 p.m. Tomorrow, courtesy of the River Cree Resort Casino, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. We'll also have Ian Herbers, former Oilers coach, current head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, from Rogers Place for now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.